Brain Buster Boys are brought to you by Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. <laughs> oh, it's him again. Yeah, him again. The attorney, like he, him he's, a, a he's a ten pole. He's a ten pole. Yeah, we haven't used that term in a while. No, we really haven't. Yeah, dial it Holy up. Holy shit. See, like Turner, another the TT. This yeah. this is classic tarp right here. Yeah, it is. It? Oh yeah, like a disaster movie. Yeah, just like a fastball down the middle. Like or maybe a curveball, because a fastball is like these like action movies, like Equalizer. Equalizer. Yeah. Equalizer is like it's good pitch. Yeah. You know, like it's like it's slide. You ready? Let's do it. to the Brain Buster Boys, episode 10. I am Brett Jagger, along with Beaumont Rand. Yo. Sop, dude. No, I was referring to yo, yo, the thing that, that's attached to a string. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, hey, uh, you know, uh, well, first off, uh, you may realize we sound a little bit different this week, and that is... Uh, Puberty. Puberty. <laughs> Yeah, puberty occurred in between episodes 9 and 10, shockingly. But uh, no, so uh, one of us had a secondhand uh, COVID exposure. So uh, we're just going to play a little safe, keep it remote. And uh, yeah, no reason uh, not to, you know. So uh, Or rhyme. Yeah, so we're doing it a little different this week. And uh, you know what? I'm excited for us, like the inner circle, to get the train back on the tracks this week and uh, put the past behind us. And uh, let's rock and roll. The Wilford Industries train. That's great. Right. We'll That's be correct. digging real into Wilford Industries uh, Our... from just the just staunch, staunch Turner programming Snowpiercer. Thing. Yeah, they're our new sponsor, Wilford Industries. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Just a great company, great organization. But uh, mm-hmm. we'll get a little bit more into that here. But uh, let's uh, kick it off with the NBA on TNT. All right, Beaumont, NBA on TNT, Thursday, January 28th. We start with the Houston Rockets uh, defeating the Portland Trailblazers. <laughs> Portland Trailblazers, 104 to 101. Um, if you recall back when, this is the Rockets' second win since we've been covering NBA on TNT. 2-0 two, two on the NBA on TNT, yes, that that's, brings them to that that's mark. That's correct. And the last time you uh, mentioned Victor Oladipo, who wasn't playing, but he is playing and has been playing well, and he had 25.7 rebounds, 5 assists, and Christian Wood continues his revelation for the Rockets, 22 points, 12 boards. And uh, on the losing end, Damian Lillard leads an undermanned Blazers uh, 30 points, nine assists, four rebounds. They've got C.J. McCollum, Nurkic out. Um, but, yeah, uh, nice win for the Rockets. Yeah, it was uh, exciting uh, <laughs> to see uh, Oladipo play. Your boy. When, when, when he didn't last time. Yeah, it's your boy. And uh, the Rockets moved to 8-9 and nine on the season, and the Blazers fall to 9-8, and eight, both kind of in that cluttered back end of the West. And uh, as are these next two teams. Uh, mm. 
We had the Phoenix Suns defeat the Golden State Warriors 114 to 93. Um, and there was no Devin Booker for the Suns last mm. night. Uh, so wow. there was a, a balanced attack uh, on offense uh, led by. Uh, oh, it was led by Michael Bridges. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. 20, 20 points, five assists, you're, one rebound, two steals, right. one block. 60 percent from the floor, six to 10 to be exact. Look at you go. Seven for eight free throws and one turnover. Wow. Look, you did your homework, buddy. I, I, I don't have – I'm looking at a blank page here. My phone's – How would you know that? I don't know. Interesting. Well, yeah, you're right. Uh, Mikael Bridges, Michael Bridges, Mikael oh. Bridges, however you pronounce it, uh, did lead, I was going to say, a balanced attack. Um he, yeah, 20 points. You said the numbers, so I don't need to do it. But they had seven players in double figures, their whole starting lineup. Uh, but, yeah, nice win for the Suns. Uh, and, you know, on the losing end, Steph Curry, 27, four boards, four assists. Um, and, yeah, the Suns go to nine and eight, as well as the Blazers were. And the Warriors are 10 and nine. So, you know, all four of these teams, Beaumont, from last night, just, you know, right in that crowded pack in the West. Just jammed, yeah. Yeah. Um... The NBA on TNT is exciting stuff. And uh, Steph she Curry's wife right. is a celebrity chef. Oh, I didn't know that. Huh, how? Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. But, yeah, I agree. The NBA on TNT is exciting stuff. Love it. Scintillating. And, uh, yeah, so uh, some good That was action. awesome. Yeah, some good action. Really? Good action Loved on, it. Uh, under the tarp. Uh, so, speaking of – Speaking of tarp, speaking of Turner tarps, Beaumont, uh, mm-hmm. the film that preceded Dynamite last night, Geostorm, mm-hmm. we've gained another member, another Turner tentpole, Gerard Butler, now making his second appearance under the tarp. Uh, with his initial was London Has Fallen, which yeah. we just discussed a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, I mean, you know, Gerard Butler definitely establishing himself. Uh, as the temple, uh, how tarpy was that movie last? I, night? I, I mean, you know, it was it was very tarpy. It had, you know, it was like a combination of like your action movie, and then they loved their disaster movies. But uh, and just ending on like a, you know, all the stakes are huge, brink of death, and then just happy cornball ending. Yeah, <laughs> not just, exploring the ramifications of uh, yeah. of what happened. Yeah. Yeah, but we're not here to talk about Geostorm, but what we are here to talk about is Snowpiercer and uh, our wonderful sponsors from Wilford Industries. Uh, yeah, uh, pretty, you know, you'll hear it in our uh, our reactions, but I'll tell you what, uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed it flat out. I mean, I, I had low expectations. I mean, I guess I should know better, you know, from the tarp. But, you uh, should, yeah, because, uh, I mean, it was clearly uh, – just a remarkable piece of, of television. Um, I mean, it was season two, but it felt like it was season one. I, I will not it, it did, you know, it's zero. It, it did kind of feel like, is this the series premiere we said? Uh, but yeah, the stakes, the stakes were high right out of the gate. Oh, they were well done. <laughs> Served right up. Yeah, well done. That stake, those stakes were well, well, well done. And that's a rare, <laughs> that's a rare thing. I feel like we're back at the dinner debonair. We are, yeah. But, we're getting uh, the train back on the tracks here, just yeah. like MJF. Well, I just, I just have to say, uh, it pierced my frontal lobe and made me think, and it pierced sure. my heart and made me feel, mm. and it was just a triumph of the medium mm. 
and uh, yeah, and I mean, Jennifer, and, I'm, and, and by Jennifer Connolly, and this and this too. is no go big show shit. Like I'm being serious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I yeah, Wondrous. I I did enjoy it. I, I'm not gonna lie. I did not. You know, it certainly had its. You uh, can't lie. You can, you can't lie. <laughs> it certainly had its lame parts. I mean, you know, it was a little a little heavy handed at times, a little little cheesy, but. Uh, Sean Bean's tight, great villain, good, good guy. He's just a solid guy. BBB Live coming at you next week, February 3rd, Wednesday, February 3rd, because Dynamite is on Wednesday uh, for Beach Break. And uh, the card is shaping up to be pretty nice, uh, despite from despite from that dumb, stupid wedding that I'm sure we'll talk about later. But uh, Lame. yeah. Pretty uh, pretty excited to return back to the live airwaves, Beaumont. Yeah, I mean, uh, last time we uh, did it, and uh, we figured out how to do it like an hour before. And so I now, got and I got really drunk. Me too. Yeah, and which uh, we're both not drinking right now, so yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We should have more of our faculties about us this time. Uh, yeah, maybe yeah. that'll make us less fun, but I, I doubt it. No, we'll have our faculties and staffs about us, and the administrators. Yeah, the entire the, the the entire uh, personnel of the school, and uh, but uh, but no, we're gonna go live. You know, uh, when it's gonna um, be a hoot. We'll, we'll probably go live at around seven thirty again. Um, well, just we to, don't. Well, we don't have to wait for the NBA on TNT this yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, there will be no delay. You know, for sure. So I might uh, have to ask the AEW Twitter about that. And see yeah, I think we should uh, get them back into it. But uh, yeah. It's going to be tight. Looking forward to it. We can't wait for you to yep, join Yep, check us. our Twitter for how to access it, how to, uh, what time we're going to be starting again around 7.30. We'll tweet out a link. We'll have advertisements and memes just all over the place. And if so. you're not following us on Twitter, we don't do a good enough job of plugging ourselves here. Give us a follow at Brain Buster Boys. That's do it. it. Do it. Yeah. We have weapons. Yeah, of mass mm-hmm. something. Yeah. Today's If You Recall uh back we're gonna stay under the tarp here with uh some wcw uh bash at the beach 96 one of the most famous nights in wrestling beaumont the match was lex luger macho man randy savage and sting versus the outsiders kevin nash and scott hall and a mysterious third man um so we'll get to see our guy mean gene back in there again after his great performance last week put that cigarette out Rick Flair, you have made world. Put that cigarette out. <laughs> Currently residing as my background here on our Zoom call. Uh, you've seen the picture. It was our picture for episode nine, and uh, yeah, he put it. He sure did put it out. Man, like, like that. That actually is like made it harder for me to sleep the last few nights. Like, I'm not you joking. Yeah, just just because like I I could just cue. Yeah, I mean, last night when we were watching Dynamite, like just we just geeking out. We were just geeking out so much at the zoomed in of Mean Gene's face, and yeah, I mean, ever since last week when we were editing, like anytime we were together or just zooming, it was always put that cigarette. <laughs> Again, that's it's such a thing. classic, and I've always loved it, and I'm just so glad we got to experience that. Yeah, together. oh, yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> mean Gene's it. the best. More to come. <laughs> yeah, please. Excellent. And lastly, um, we're ending Mountain Dew today with uh, 
one of our favorites, Mr. Rick Oley. Mr. Welcome to Coruscant himself. Mr. That Little Mr. Droid Did It himself. Mm -hmm. The Droid Enabler. The Destroyer, speaking of droids, the Destroyer droid will yeah. be our Mountain Dew caboose. Yeah, and that'll be uh, the end of that. And then it'll be on to Diet Pepsi and Pepsi One. So uh, Pe we're Pepsi One? Yeah, Pepsi One. <laughs> yeah, and then Diet Mountain Dew. Ooh, Special yeah. bonus edition. Yeah, and the Golden Yoda. We, I guess we got to do that one too. Yeah, so we're yeah. going to run through the gamut. Yeah. But yeah, I think. Yeah, cool. uh, Are you uh, gonna talk about it? You gonna bring what? it up? You know what I'm talking about. Oh, I mean, no, I, I thought we were past that. Well, um, I mean, I obviously did it on my personal account because I knew like it would have been a big deal if I would have. Yeah, I'm well it on, on our account, you know, but. I uh, you yeah, you must have gotten those pictures before I chucked the the book of Turner in the dumpster. Yeah, yeah. son of a bitch. I did I did? And uh, how weird was that guy? Who, like, what was the that preacher? Like, what was that? I Why did you don't know? I mean, I like, still he, he never should have taken that. He damn was holding book. it out. It was coincidental. It was like I don't know. I think it's interesting. You know, well, I think it's again it's know, not not interesting but it's caused us some issues and some problems and it's just we're done you know like i said last week we're done it's in the garbage garbage day uh it had its time you had your fun we're done trains sure. back on the tracks just will what would wilfred industries want right now there he is there, yeah sean mr wilbur Wilford, whatever the fuck. I was <laughs> Mr. Wilbur. Mr. Wilford. Wow. You're trying to timbers. You like it? I mean, Sean Bean does fuck. Yeah, he does. Great villain. Yeah. Reminds me, like, he's double, um, the villain in Goldeneye. Oh, you know? Alec Trevelyan. He Alec crushes Trevelyan, it. yeah. Fucking crushes it. 006. Yeah. yeah. Him. See what he is at Dunsey. I still don't really know what the hell's going on. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I mean, it seems like they've taken some portion of the train back from him, and yeah. he wants to gain control over the whole train. It seems vaguely. Yeah. He has the key. To drop it on us in Chicago like that. Dropped it on us in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> drop. Are you giving the keys? There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. You nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, that's a very tarpy line. Yeah. It's been though, isn't it? have always had an <laughs> Another thing about tarpy movies is they're very dim and dark. Like, yeah. like the lighting is, yeah. For sure. All right, Beaumont, January 27, 2021, AEW Dynamite. <laughs> Starts off hot. With our guy, Eddie Kingston, finally getting his victory. Big win, defeating Lance Archer in 8 minutes, 55 seconds. And this one, uh, again, like Eddie Kingston opening the show two weeks ago against Pac, um, kind of a big boy brawling, you know, a lot of, 
a lot of hard strikes, a lot of heart shown in this match, you know, departing from, you know, our standard tag match, high, high pace, fast energy. It was like the, the first match I had watched where like they just had somebody come out and just whoop somebody's ass who wasn't like a jobber. And yeah. like that, and that's how they wanted to do it. They wanted to make it seem like he had like no chance. Yeah, and he was going to need interference to yeah, win. Yeah, got his ass. Well, again, Pac beat his ass a lot too, but this was definitely, you know, a different level, kind of lasted longer. You know, yeah. Kingston was able to get to him a couple of times, kicking him, kicking out his legs, you know, mm -hmm. taking out the giant from the ground. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Archer got a lot. You know, he was really in control for a lot of this, but Eddie Kingston did show a lot of heart. He got his ass beat, but he kept getting up, kept getting up, kept fighting. And a lot but of like, good sells. Yeah, there was one. Um, yeah, there was one chop that he just like collapsed to the ground. Um, but yeah, uh, Archer hit the choke slam on the apron outside. I remember oh. Shivani was like, he might have broken his back instantly. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, instantly. Immediately, like I think he legitimately broke his back. And then Thank when he saw the replay, he's like, "Oh, okay, he did." I, I thought he hit his spine, but he didn't at all. Thank God he's not an EMT. Could you imagine what he would do if he got his hands on you? Yeah, <laughs> just just pronounce you dead at the scene. Yeah. He also called him seemingly unsteady. Eddie I, I was just unsteady about to Eddie, say yeah. that. Yeah, we got our new Nick. Seemingly unsteady Eddie is yeah. pretty tight. Or unsteady um, spelled U-N-S-T-E-D-D-I-E. -I -E. Oh, yeah, perfect. yeah. Love it, love it. Uh, but, yeah, so like you said, you know, it was kind of building to this, like, either Kingston was going to get a very quick, like, cheap, like, catch him off guard win or interference, which is what happened. Um, and we see, so, you know, in the midst of the match, it's intense, it's getting heavy, and uh, all of a sudden, Butcher and the Blade are dragging out uh, Jake the Snake Roberts, who we, we mentioned when we were watching it last night, he was fully Snake as he was wearing his kind of snakeskin vest there. Yeah, he was um, more Snake than Jake at that point. You got that right. Mm -hmm. uh, but, yeah, they're dragging him out, and he's in pain, and he's like, ah, you know, and that distracts Archer. And then, Beaumont, we get a new one, a knuckle duster. Which was hilarious. And they, like, immediately said it, like, you know in Zelda, when you get, like, a new item and he holds it in the air, it's like, da 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 and it says, you got the this. Like, that's what you it was like. Yeah, because yeah, because you were like, oh, it's brass knuckles. And then they were like, no, it's the knuckle duster. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Allie, who's with Butcher and the Blade, comes out and, like, she, I think she had a mask or a hood on or something. Like, oh, it's yeah. Allie. And she slides it in. And I'm like, oh, yeah, brass knucks. Or, you know, they'll refer to it as a foreign object sometimes. And, yeah, the knuckle duster. And you immediately are like, oh, we get to bring back the duster sound effect. And I'm like, oh, shit. It's so yeah. uh, what a Not term, you know. Form. Kind of similar to the steel slug that Sean Spears had. Like, it it geeks us out. It's fun stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but Kingston does get his victory, you know, albeit Finally, with yeah. some controversy. But mm -hmm. I will take it. And uh, they did have a classic, uh, the post-match beatdown after, yeah. uh, where he hit him with another back, spinning back fist, mm -hmm. Butcher and the Blade did a double tank, double tank did a double tank move, and that was that. And then they promote John Moxley coming up next, and we think it's going to be a commercial, and then he comes back, but no. Hit watch. Hit watch. Hit watch. Oh, Moxley hit Dan Callis. At least, at least since he's here, but he's not really here because he's on some sort of a construction site, isn't some, he? It looks really murky and dark and, you know, 
Like There's it's some just, cranes in the background. Yeah, you know, like a, like one of those like diamond mesh fences. You know, yeah. it's just kind of gross. Kind of looks like he's outside Area Fifty One. Like yeah. it's just like yeah, just a desolate place. Uh, but Moxley just you know classic great Moxley promo here. He's like he's like oh well the young bucks are friends with Kenny and Kenny's friends with the Good Brothers. Both are tag team champions. It's just one big happy family. And he's like, mm-hmm. how's that gonna work? Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, he brings up about the death triangle, you know, who he's basically teaming with. He's like, well, they don't like me because they were friends with Eddie Kingston. And he's just kind of running the gamut of everything, talking real fast. And it's really funny. Um, couple good things like, I like my beer cold, my coffee hot, my water room temperature, and I like to have sex in the morning because it's a good way to start the day. I don't. <laughs> You know what? I agreed with him on it, but, uh, um, but you know, really kind of ended and you know, he's like, yeah, now we're partners. The death triangle is like, and that's fine. I want to fight. This is going to be wild. And you know, gang warfare. And he's like incendiary ingredients on AEW dynamite. Uh, what do you think of the promo? Uh, you know, I think hit watch pretty much stayed at a carnation pink. Um, it was, uh, it was pretty, I mean, I guess it was kind of a step down from like the last two weeks where he actually came out and it kind of didn't really go anywhere, but I still, you know, was fairly entertained by it. He was funny. He never really, you know, know, he made me laugh this time, which he hasn't really made me do too much. Very serious character, but, uh, but yeah, you know, I, uh, you know, I got, you know, pretty excited for that match. Obviously I think we both agree that it's going to be Hit Watch's biggest night since Moxley oh. hit Dan Callis. Oh, so, absolutely. Yeah. We'll be posted at a fire engine red. Yeah, yeah. The match, if you need a reminder, is John Moxley, Pack, and Ray Phoenix against the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega. We'll be main eventing Beach Break, and we'll be live on BBB Live on Twitch. Uh, so check us out. Yeah, you know, and, he, 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 it did what it needed to do, the, yeah. the, the promo. Mm-hmm. And more to come later from yes. Mr. Moxley. Um, and then we get another promo uh, for another big match coming up, but this one at Revolution, uh, we go to Sting and Dobby, old Turner boy, uh, who will be facing Brian Cage and Ricky Stalks of Team Taz in a street fight at Revolution. Uh, but Sting kind of right out of the gate, like, let's get on a first name basis, Taz, Brian, and Ricky. It's kind of mm-hmm. funny, it's Taz. Taz, yeah. And he's like, you've been making false accusations, <laughs> Accusations. You've been making false accusations, calling us hoodlums. And he's like, okay, Darby's a hoodlum. Uh-huh. Kind of cheesy to start it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Darby's like, uh, in the streets, it doesn't matter if you play clean or dirty. It's about survival. And then he smashes his skateboard into the, the mm-hmm. glass yeah. and really kind of pick things up here. Yeah, uh, the hoodlum is a very, like, you talk about Vince doing a PG product. Like, that's something, like, so, like that's something my grandma would call me. Yeah, it is. A, it's a hilarious, like, outdated term, I oh, feel like. Oh, it is. And, like, I would not, like, I would not be insulted by it. Like, it's kind of funny yeah. that they made them, like, center around that word. Be like, oh, yeah. Well, then they both admit that they're hoodlums. Like, yeah. Darby's like, I'm a hoodlum. He smashes, and then Sting's like, or he's like, I'm a hoodlum no different than you. And then Sting does the bat smash through yeah. the glass. Um, what do you think of this one? Uh, this one, like, I'm glad they kind of, you know, did the I'm a hoodlum too, you know, thing there. Because um, if they would have just been like, hoodlums, what the fuck? You know, yeah. they would have like done that, like acted like they were insulted by that term. 
then that would have been a little unbelievable and a little yeah. like weak to me. But uh, but no, I thought they you know um, spun that off very well. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I thought it was funny. I liked it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it was solid. A little, little cheesy in the beginning, but I love the glass breaking, just beating the shit out of it. And yeah, it ended with cool. Sting saying, I am a hoodlum, and at Revolution in the street fight, it's going to be showtime. Mm-hmm. So, again, as we talked about last week, it'll be interesting to see how Sting is, how this match is presented and how Sting will be able to work it, but excited, intrigued, and uh, we'll hear more from Team Taz coming later. Nutty. Nordy. Nordy. Match number two, we have Chris Jericho and MJF of the Inner Circle defeating the Varsity Blondes in eight minutes, 12 seconds. Um, this starts with MJF grabbing the mic before the match. Uh, but let's get to the match here. Um, so, like I said, MJF uh, started with the microphone and he's like, I need to talk to Sammy. And you know, he talks about how he embarrassed Griff Garrison on national television. And Griff Garrison pops him, and we're off and running. Um, Garrison looked great in this match. I mean, heck, both the Varsity Blondes look great in this match. And, you know, we've been talking about them quite a bit here. Pillman, local connection, Dick Coxie Heights High School. <laughs> Dick um, Coxie Heights High School. But, you know, we've talked about how we want to see more from these guys. And, like, Garrison especially, like, when he's gotten the time in the ring, like, he's really looked great. And that was uh, no different last night. Yeah, we said that they were definitely uh, definitely on the up. You know, definitely yeah, think- on the up. Been more fun to – been, like, each time I've watched them, they've been, like, you know, com- more competitive, more fun yeah. to watch. Uh, as yeah, as- this ma- – they had some nice near falls here. Like, Garrison had one awesome segment. He hit a double spear on them. Pillman hit several nice, like, drop kicks, big missile drop kick. Um, Yeah, I mean, like you said last night, they still haven't really gotten that W yet. But, like, I would say they've kind of graduated from jobber territory, though. Oh, yeah. No, they've definitely departed uh, jobber town. That's for sure. (laughs) Yeah, because they're getting – No longer residents. No longer residents. No, no. They have uh, moved. Expatriates, Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, as we all knew, uh, the inner circle was going to win this, uh, but we did get an interesting, uh, from Jericho, you know, last week we kind of yeah. ripped on him again, not looking so great, or at least that the lion salt that he did, you know, really botched it. And, and, yeah. And everybody, like, I think kind of centered around that. And that was yeah. the thing online. And we've um, talked a lot of this show, you know, about how J- Jericho's recent losing a step and it's not all the time, like, Yes, it's happened generally, but he still looked okay in some of these tag matches, not as much singles, where because he, he's more exposed. But this match ended, uh, Pillman came off the top rope, and Jericho hit him with the Judas Effect elbow, which is usually his finisher, but he decided to go for the lion's salt, and he hit it perfectly. And I said it last night, like, I feel like that was Chris Jericho going out there and proving a point. Because oh, like, oh, you know he heard all the criticism and has been hearing it. Yeah. And he's the, you know, in my opinion, he's my favorite wrestler of all time. He's just old. Yeah. Uh, but, like, I love to see it. So it's like you could tell he had the determination. He's like, fuck this. I'm nailing this move. I oh, could still do it. Oh, he did it, and he had this smirk on his face. <laughs> exactly. And, on it. Um, exactly. and, like, the response online was, like, exactly what you were saying, that, like, oh, yeah, he came out to, you know, prove the, the haters and the people who um, ripped on him wrong, and uh, he did that. Definitely, so. yeah. Uh, but then there's kind of a, a pretty quick celebration amongst the inner circle after 
and uh, MJF and Sammy kind of get into it again face to face and, you know, they break them up and the middle fingers come. So, you know, these seeds, as we've talked about, have been continuing to sow now these past few weeks. But like you said last night, not really going anywhere quite. You know, we're getting to the point where we need a little more. Yeah, you know, the MJF and Sammy thing is going to have to kind of, you know, something's going to have to happen with that and someone's going to have to, you know, kick the other person out or there's going to have to be this big, you know, because already you have MJF having like a little bit more power over him and that's kind of stayed the same for a while. So, yeah, that's either going to have to flip or he's going to have to take Sammy out, you know. And again, we'll we'll hear we'll hear a little bit more outcomes, yeah. And we'll hear a little bit more on this later on. So, Um, and then we get a promo from Pick Pop Bing Bop Boom Bop in some sort of church with some sort of shitty TV. And uh, what was it you mentioned last night? The observation that you made. He's always in his ring attire. Always in his ring attire with the soaking wet, stringy hair. Um, But I'll tell you what, I love this promo. It really, you know, just the music, the camera shots, it really reminded me of like something out of a Quentin Tarantino film. Yeah, you know, I wrote down three notes here. Uh, church, dark surf rock, and it reminded me of like the Dick Dale, you know, yep. stuff you'd hear. Um, and there's a small old tube TV kind of playing replay yeah. stuff. So it had that very analog kind of Yeah, feel so to it, it started, yeah. I rewatched it today. It started, it was an image of Kenny pinning Pack in there. Right. Or no, it was Kenny pinning John Moxley to win the title. So like Kenny and Pack had a bit of a feud last year and Pack was kind of reverting to that. And he's saying like, Kenny, Kenny's taking liberties and acting like he's Billy Big Bollocks. Um, you know, like he owns this place. Yeah. And uh, basically saying like, you know, and he, oh, well, he also mentioned that clown Don Callis, which mm-hmm. was funny. Um, and that the Good Brothers were attacking people like dirty mongrels. Uh, but just saying, really, that, you know, he and Phoenix are going to show you real brotherhood on yeah. Beach Break. Um, but, yeah, fun stuff. Love the promo here. It, it was cool. Um, yeah. But uh, now we get uh, Shaquille O'Neal uh, mm-hmm. calling out Cody, I guess, on the – it was an NBA on TNT, but it was like he was on the AEW Awards, which I think they probably had just taped on NBA on TNT. Yeah. So, you know, and we knew coming into this show that uh, Shaq was going to address Cody. And essentially, he, you know, he's like, Cody, with your blonde hair, you little girl. Mm-hmm. He's like – you want to call? You, you want to call? call? You want to call? You want some of the Shack attack? Name the time and place. So after that, and we know uh, Jade Cargill and Shaq are aligned. So we get kind of a callback to that waiting room sketch from a couple weeks ago, where uh, Jade really got in Cody's face there. Yeah. So we're kind of keeping that going here. We are. Yeah. Um, so Tony basically comes out, Tony Schiavone's interviewing him and he's like, I want you not only to respond to Shaq, but also what Jade said on the waiting room. And, uh, you know, Cody's like, Oh, I bet you, you know, you want me to come give the classic pitch promo. You know, you know, we kind of learned here that I think the original plan at for revolution would have been Cody and Brandy Mm -hmm. against Shaq and Jade. But babies happen. (laughs) Yeah, but babe, so yeah, he kind of mentions that here. So then you and I are talking like, oh, I guess it's going to be Cody versus Shaq. You know, we're just mm. kind of assuming straight up that's yeah. where we're that's But it's where actually we're so because we here. haven't seen Jade wrestle yet, you know? Yeah, and you know, obviously Shaq and Cody one-on-one probably wouldn't be the most compelling match. Uh, so we kind of get, as we kind of go on, uh, Cody's like, I'm going to defer to the coach. 
And uh, he's like, Arn chewed my ass out for taking uh, Avalon lightly. And then Arn gets, or Andy Reid gets the mic and he's like, you bet I chewed your ass out. And it makes me just like, that's such a funny statement. Like, yeah. like is there like butt flavored bubble gum? <laughs> you know, like, that's what it makes me think of. Like, it, uh, like, who came up with that? So he's like, you know, you're about to be a dad. And I know that's on the forefront of your mind. And they're talking about what Cody's going to be doing at Revolution. I forgot to mention that. And uh, very, there was a cool little moment here where, you know, Arn mentions a date. I don't even remember what it was. But he's like, you know, the significance of that date. And he's talking about his dad, Dusty Rhodes, being, I think, in Greensboro, North Carolina, he said, and you know, in a match and flying after the match to see the birth of Cody. And, but, uh, you know, he's like, this is a once in a lifetime moment to capture the public eye, a match with Shaq. And, uh, you know, he kind of touts Shaq's NBA accomplishments. Mm -hmm. And uh, he calls out one red, no longer a jobber. <laughs> jobber no more. Jobber no more. I think this is her official graduation. So we have two Jobber graduations on this episode. From Jobber High, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so basically, Arn's like, fire. She's got it. And you've got it. Um, so now we know. I mean, it's not official yet, but it's going to be official. Yeah. Cody and Red Velvet against uh, Shaq and Jade Cargill. Surely will be interesting if, you know, for better or worse, no matter what. For sure, yeah. I mean, it'll be great to see Jade finally wrestle and Shaq and Co Shaq will be a spectacle. I mean, I imagine probably not going to be a super long match, um, but it will be interesting. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Red, Red Velvet, uh, you know, she gets her chance here with the microphone and she's like, Cody won't lay a hand on Jade, but I will. I'm going to stir your bitch ass up. And then we had a great line by JR here, kind of almost like it. You mentioned a hot like mic. Almost, yeah, it was like a hot mic. He's like, she said bitch ass. And then I think I saw on Twitter after that, they were like, she must be serious, is what he said. <laughs> I think that was the whole statement, which makes it even funnier, I think. Yeah, that's great. And he murmured it too. Yeah, you know, like, like <laughs> yeah, it's like almost like he didn't mean to even say it or do it. <laughs> but it was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, and then let's just get through this real briefly. We get a cordial invitation to the wedding of Kick and Pip next week with uh, Miro, the best man Miro, and the butler Charles Taylor. And uh, just a more poo-poo pee-pee for me out of this segment. Yeah, you know, it was, um, I guess the real damning thing about it is like, the butler thing's supposed to be this really humiliating thing. And he does nothing but just kind of stand there. And he actually looks nice. Like yeah, he's, wearing he like a, he's wearing like you would think they'd make him wear some sort of like dilapidated or goofy butler's outfit yeah. they'd make him look like a chippendales just you know, like a tux and he's like wearing that. like gloves right yeah, yeah yeah no he he's like and he doesn't do anything but just stand there and then miro's yeah. like oh my good but you know miro like, like grabbed his face you know grabbed his cheek was kind of the word you know you're gonna be at the wedding type of deal and yeah. that was that was it yeah it needs to be more humiliating and it's just not that really at all like and like, like they very told us and they told us when this started that it goes through beach break, which is next week. So, like, th this has been essentially just nothing that's happened. Lame. Just dumb poo-poo dog shit. Uh, but, yeah. Match number three, Hangman Page defeats the Hollywood hunk, Ryan Nemeth, in 5 minutes 39 seconds. Uh, again, the match was pretty swift. Not much to talk about here. We knew Hangman was going to win. But the real story – 
is big money Matt Hardy coming out the ringside and really cheering on Hangman, um, seemingly trying to recruit him. Yeah, no, that was kind of the big uh, big angle there. He came out ringside the entire time. Yep. Um, the match um, where Hangman, he uh, pretty quickly, you know, got the advantage of uh, Joe Namath. Or Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> that one, that had to be intentional, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll pretend like it's not, though. Let's pretend like it's not. I can tell. Because yeah. well, no, he was Broadway Joe, right? Yeah. 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 So that's pretty similar, right? Hollywood, yeah. Uh, Hollywood, yeah. But um, anyway. Let's so- just pick up. I'll just, so, yeah, Joe, Joe Namath here. Uh, so I told you this, I think, you know, yesterday. So he is – Ryan Nemeth is the brother of WWE wrestler Dolph Ziggler. Oh. who's, uh, you know, not like a huge – but, like, a, he's been there for a long time, and he's really solid, kind of one of those classic WWE guys that's been underappreciated. Would love to see him in AEW. Um, but, yeah, this was Nemeth's first match. I don't even know, like, where he came from or what. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, again, the story was Matt Hardy and, you know, again, seemingly trying to recruit him. But after the match, um, he kind of leaves and Hangman calls him back out. And uh, Tony Schiavone, I think you missed it last night, but there was a quick camera shot where you can see Tony, like, getting up from the broadcast booth and just, like, sauntering down with the microphone. Yeah. Um, But he's like, I'm going to go do some investigative journalism. (laughs) And uh, so Matt is like, you know, Matt gets the microphone. He's like, I've been concerned. You seem lost. Um, He's like, I was with you at the stadium stampede because they were on the same team. And he's like, I know how much love you had for the Young Bucks and Kenny, and they burnt you. You know, you didn't deserve that. And he's like, I just want you to know you're a good person and you deserve to be happy. Um, and then he references his huge dressing room and how Hangman's dressing by himself. He's like, plenty of space in my dressing room. Yeah, he said he was um, um, dressing and catering, which our friend Greg <laughs> Goldman said that that like he was surprised Matt Hardy mentioned catering. Yeah, it was like something outside of catering, or yeah, I don't know what the the joke was there, yeah. but um, so really interesting stuff here. But before we get into it a little bit here, a great follow up line by Tony Schiavone here after he offers him the dressing room. Tony kind of like leans in and just so sincere, he's like, "I think you should take him up on that." Yeah, then like his theme song came on. Yeah. Like yeah, it was some pretty pretty well timed shit. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but, you know, intri- I'm intrigued to get, you know, Matt Hardy definitely a heel, but not really playing a heel here. You know, he was, he's like, I don't want anything from you. I don't want you to join me. He's like, I just want to tell you you're a good person and I want you to be happy. Yeah. So. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> yeah, same. But yeah, uh, intrigued to see where this goes because I'm sure they're going to keep uh, keep playing it up a little bit. And again, Hangman's still kind of directionless for Revolution. So yeah. we'll see if something he'll be, happens. He'll be on here. the bill, definitely, right? You would yeah. you would think, but who knows? Uh, we shall see. And we head into match number four, and this was my most anticipated match of the night, and it certainly delivered. And it was Jungle Boy defeating Dax Harwood of FTR in 14 minutes, 15 seconds. Yeah. What'd you What'd you think of this one? Let's just get right into your thoughts. Yeah. No. This one was. Uh, I mean, you've hyped up Jungle Boy a lot, and that we haven't seen him very much. And Jurassic Express has just been kind of a, a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, but and now, I've kept telling you. I've kept telling you. I'm like, they're not, especially Jungle Boy. Like he can go, and I'm glad he delivered. And you got oh, to see. Oh, well, he did because he fought against like some older, bigger, stockier guy. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was a very smooth match. Um, you know, it wasn't high flying, but it was a really good straight down the middle. Very well ordeal. Very well executed. Yeah, yeah. Except both for both guys. Except for one thing that that kind of didn't really get was the handcuff gimmick. Like, oh you know, yeah. Like yeah. like like they they could have just put him in a jail cell and it would have been funny. Yeah. You know, they they kind of didn't really do too much to it until the end with yes. what they did to Luchasaurus. But, yeah, yeah, so Luchasaurus had both Cash Wheeler and Tully Blanchard handcuffed to him at ringside so they couldn't get involved. Yeah, I mean, it was just kind of late. Like, you know, you'd see Harwood or Tully, like, reaching towards the ring and Luchasaurus kind of pulling yeah. him back. Yeah, they never did anything during the match with it, which actually, now that I think about it, is a good thing because if there is, like, interference like that i think it kind of would have yeah and that was kind of the point of it too was like you know basically jungle boy you know i i can do it without your you know can you do it without them i you know it ended with jungle boy getting the w which you know he needed and um you know i'm not going to go for it all but again like you said it was really smooth a lot of big counters you know everything was done very well um and just some big moves at times uh, there was a slingshot Liger bomb that got, I think, Excalibur referenced a 2.99 count. Um, you know, oh, there was what I wrote down, the series of rolling near falls towards yeah, the end. Yeah, they were oh, literally just rolling cy- each other. Cycling one, them, two, yeah. one, two, one, you know, over and over. All which over is a, the place. Yeah, which is a classic thing. Um, but, yeah, it ended up with uh, Jungle Boy putting him in the snare trap, which is uh, – a new new one on me. Uh, I haven't really seen him been doing that. I don't know uh, if that's been on dark or what, but uh, yeah. yeah, very uh, very nice. And a tap victory. out, you know, yeah, which, very, was, which yeah, yeah, and and a tap out always very satisfying for Jungle Boy too. You know, like no questions asked. He beat him one on one, and you know yep. that was. I think he needed that for sure. Hell yeah. Uh, hell yeah is right. Hell yeah. And then, but then we do get the chicanery after the match with the unhandcuffing. Uh, right after that happens, I don't know if it was Wheeler or Tully threw some powder into Luchasaurus's eyes, um, <laughs> and they end up beating up Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, and then cutting off Luchasaurus's horns. They maimed him. Well, the first thing about the powder is Tully got it out of a bag, so it looked like a bunch of coke. Okay, I didn't. That's see what it. I thought I it was. Didn't I see it happen. Well, well, I saw him get it, and it was in like a plastic bag. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> They pulled it out of his pocket. Yeah, but 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 they cut they cut off his horns, um, and then they tried to cut Jungle Boy's hair, which yeah, gladly they, they didn't. Yeah, they nice grabbed hair. his hair, and then uh, S- it was Marco's stunt with a golden chair, and then SCU and Top Flight come out to save the day. But great yeah. match. Uh, probably about a 4.25 for me on the scale. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed it. Just a real nice television match there. Very good. And then we get a follow-up from Team Taz, our guys. Uh, so he's like, Sting, Dobby, being now that we're on a first-name basis, Ricky and Brian are ready to destroy you at Revolution. And we get our hook look. Hook look. What would you think of Hook's look this week? Not bad. I mean, you know, the, the hoodie does him a little bit better, you know, so you don't see the bad haircut. But, I mean, his haircut seems to change every week, so he must be wearing a wig or something. Well, and we get, to hear, but, yeah. <laughs> we get to hear him talk this You know, he is kind of showing a little bit more personality each week and yeah. getting a little more involved. Uh, but so they go up – he and Hobbs go up to – there's just a random merchandise booth outside, 
And uh, Hook's like, oh, you got this Sting gear? You got this Darby gear? Where's the FTW gear? And the guy's like, oh, oh we don't have any. And then Hook's like, oh, why are you giving me attitude? And he fucking socks the guy. Oh, yeah. And, and then they just desecrate that, that um, merch every, table. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, 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 throw him in, they throw him into the um, big semi-trailer. Yeah. They, they throw him into, like, the great. guy into yeah. the truck. Yeah. Slam people through tape. Like, it was hard, <laughs> brutal. Yeah, so like Starks and, Starks and Hobbs, I think, both put someone through a table. And then Hook and Hobbs, I think, both threw someone over or into the guardrail. And, yeah, it was just hilarious. It's just exactly what you want from Team Taz. Hell and yeah. uh, Taz is basically like, you want to disrespect us? You want to disrespect us? And he's like, <laughs> what do you say? Hell yeah. And he's like, first name basis, huh, brothers? And he's like, Ricky Starks and Brian Cage are going to beat your ass in that street fight. I love it. I'll take every morsel of Taz you got. Yeah, this is classic. Very, very classic. I'm glad, like, you know, this week we had him just doing his thing and not getting the lights shut out on him. You know? yeah, he, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I loved it. Parking lot hijinks. Exactly. Match number five, we have Dr. Britt Baker defeating Shanna in eight minutes, 37 seconds. Um, again, the women in kind of the what I call the popcorn position here, but this was a, a good match, you know, fun, solid match. Um, you know, Britt Baker kind of tuning up for Thunder Rosa next week as uh, we'll get into that here. Be exciting. Um, but yeah, uh, what'd you think of this one? Uh, you know, um, Shayna in her Goku gear. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah, Goku would be proud of what she wore. Um, oh, Goku yeah. and Master Roshi and Oolong too. Mm, mm. Um, yeah, you know, uh, she seemed to have a decent, you know, ish showing, you know, with Britt Baker. Uh, but yeah. you know, we know that Britt Baker is definitely on the up and up, you know, face of. The, was it you who called her that, or was it the commentators who called? Yeah, her the face? I, I think I'd mentioned it to you Thank last you. night that she was the first women signing, and yeah, they've kind of been grooming her as the face. But she had an injury last year that took her out for you know four or five months. So this is her finally kind of on the come up here. Oh yeah, and you said that like she was a face, but when they turned her heel, this whole character. Oh. Yeah, it's come to fruition. Yeah. yeah, so this make yeah this makes sense twice. So yeah, like yeah, she was just kind of directionless as the face, but like has really kind of you know leaned into the heel gimmick and was funny as we saw in the waiting room. Uh, yeah, but very but, funny. But yeah, good showing from Shanna. So she was around a bit, you know, like in 2019 and pre-pandemic, mm-hmm. and I guess she was out of the country for a while, but. Uh, you know, she, like I said, she's a little above a jobber, but, you know, we all knew she wasn't going to win this match. Uh, but, yeah, a nice showing from her. And uh, Britt Baker got the job done with the lockjaw with the pink gloves on. But she she starts to assault her after the match again. And Tony Schiavone, here comes Thunder Rosa! No, no, he, he did the, by God, that's her music. Or the, yeah, he just said, that's her music. Yeah. yeah. So maybe it was someone else that said, here, and then he's like, that's her music! Yeah, he kind of yeah. screamed it. Yeah. Uh, but not, you know, of course, Britt Baker skedaddles away, but Thunder, our girl, looking tough, looking yeah. badass. And that nice re- uh, blue jean vest. Yeah, she's ready. To, guy. She's ready to go. Yeah, big vest guy. Mm-hmm. Big Thunder Rosa guy you are, too. I'm invested. Yeah. Did you wear your Thunder Rosa shirt for BBB Live last time? Uh, I did, and I'm going to wear it again. I was going to say, you have to. Yeah, well, ever since we quit drink, like we quit drinking, uh, it fits me like way better, that small. <laughs> I know. I've definitely lost a little weight, too. So Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think I look pretty hot in it. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to see it. I know the viewers can't either. 
They should. They shouldn't. Hell yeah. It's gonna be um, obscene. So we quickly head back to some follow-up with MJF and Sammy Guevara. MJF's looking for him, finds him in a room, and he's like, I didn't tell Wardlow to get involved in your match last week. And he's like, I've docked his pay. He's the worst employee ever. And uh, then basically Sammy's – I called this the MJF and Sammy hoopla. <laughs> I'd say that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, like – yeah, so MJF's going on and Sammy's just like, you done? He's like, Max, you think I'm an idiot? I see what's going on here. He's like, you're fooling everyone else, but not me. Um, you know, again, standing up to him, like seeing through the bullshit that we've talked a lot about. Like MJF has done a great job of earning these guys' trust one by one, but Sammy has been has not been one to conform to that. So um, I guess I want to ask you this question. So um, Bash of the Beach is, is next. Or not bad. What's it called? Beach Bash? <laughs> beach Break. Beach Break. <laughs> Gotcha, gotcha. No bashing be- involved. A lot of beach stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. What about a uh, coast conflict? Let's call oh. it that. A-E-W. Coast conflict, yeah. Coastal conflict. Coastal conflict, yeah. And so uh, where do you think this conflict is going to be next week? And then where do you think it's going to be at in Revolution? Yeah. you speculate. I'm trying to – I don't know – I can't think offhand if Inner Circle has any matches for beach break next week. There's nothing you can think of, right? I mean, uh, not, I, I think they're probably all in that tag team battle royal, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so I guess like so in the some, in the short term, like next one to two weeks versus Revolution, like, like yeah, what do you well, think? I, yeah. yeah. So I'm thinking, you know, that if they're all in that battle royal, that's another way that something can happen. And now that you mention it, I feel like Revolution, we gotta have MJF for Sammy. Right? Yeah, that, that's what I was thinking too. I was wondering yeah. if it would be sooner rather than later, but I think they can. I mean, I they've think, been slow burning it, you know. Uh, I think that's. I think the so time might as well is let now. Because yeah. again, we we don't know too many matches of Revolution yet. Yeah. Like we know, we know the Sting Darby Taz street fight, we, and that's the the only official match still. I'm pretty sure. I mean, yeah. it, you know, it's looking like we're gonna get Kenny Moxley. We're gonna get the Cody Red Velvet Jade Shack. But yeah. like, yeah, there's still a lot to happen. Like we've mentioned, Hangman. We know the Young Bucks are going to be in a match against whoever wins that battle royal, but like Inner Circle does not have a direction at all. And I mean, I think they'll be in there. I think it's pretty obvious where we're headed here. It's got to be MJF and Sammy, unless they do another tag match. But I mean, I guess that's possible. They do an MJF Jericho against Sammy and Hager, but I'd rather see MJF Sammy. And I I think that's probably. Yeah. Um, I agree. But real quick, back to the promo, he's like, you're a great manipulator, and MJF cuts him off. Like, MJF, they both did a great job in this, but I just love MJF, like, the subtleties. And you've talked a lot, like, how he's a good actor. He's just just, just so good. Uh, yeah. He's just like, is that right? He's like, is that right? He's like, you sure you want to play it this way, bud? Like, just the tone in his voice is very healy like, and very like, good. Like, like I've, I've said this ever since I first saw him. He seems like he was at some point a big theater guy. Yeah, you know, which I well don't know because I know he played football, so I don't know if he was, but whether he was or he wasn't, he's fucking damn good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there might be some in his background. I'd love to know. So then we get a promo here before the final match here with uh, the Good Brothers and Young Bucks uh, talking about it's the first time in five years there's been a Bullet Club party and. You know, the good brothers are like, next week we're going to beat up Phoenix Pack and beat up John Moxley, which is a callback to them saying beat up John Cena back in WWE. 
And Matt Jackson brings up, he's like, yeah, yeah, fine, fine. But that Mark Stooge, Uncle, Uncle Creepy Don doesn't get involved. <laughs> and uh, then Kenny comes in. He's like, oh, am I interrupting something? And, you know, the Young Bucks like, you haven't returned our calls in weeks. And Kenny's like, yeah, actually, I think we need to talk. Yeah. And things start getting, you know, they kind of start getting in each other's faces. And then Dan Callis comes out. And, you know, we're at least back to a carnation pink because yeah, he's, I mean, he's I mean, here. I mean, yeah, anytime either of them are on, you know, Hipwatch yeah. does we're register. At least, yes, there's the, at least. The, the seismograph draws something, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Wiggly line, yeah. And he's got, you know, following up from last week, he's got his bruised face and a bandage on it. And uh, <laughs> he's like – uh, Matt Jackson's like, what's that on your face? And he's like, you assaulted me. And they they kind of get in each other's face, and uh, Kenny breaks them up, and that's that. But again, I'm I'm interested to see where this goes. I mean, clearly the young bucks are not healing. Uh, they're forced to team with the good brothers here. Kenny, you know, solidifying it. You know, he's just being more and more heel each week, which I love. Uh, but yeah, we'll see where all this goes. But oh yeah, yeah. You got thoughts into that before we get uh, here? So we roll right into the main event where the Young Brooks and the Good Young Brooks, the Young Bucks and the Good Brothers, Good Fathers, I can't talk and we're sober here. (laughs) The Good Brothers and the Young Bucks defeat the Dark Order in 11 minutes, 47 seconds. Wow, I did not think that would be that hard. But But you did it. I did it. it. I did it. And so did the Good Brothers and Young Bucks. They united and they did it. Um, but a very fun main event here. You know, four on four, a lot going on. But really, everyone got a chance to shine here on both sides. Yeah, yeah. Like the Dark Order, especially individually. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Silver had a nice moment. Like Stu Grayson had the... Oh, yeah. Stu Grayson looked... <laughs> your boy. Your boy, Stu Grayson. Who I don't think you even knew his name until a week or two ago. Well, until, until you told me, like, Stu... <laughs> <laughs> it's S T U, right? It's not S T E W. It is S T. It is S T U. What if it was beef stew? <laughs> or like you're stewing? Yeah, you know, like when you're stewing. Beef Grayson. Yeah. We should start calling him Beef. I think. Beef. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this was a good one. So just real quick, we mentioned this before the match because the Good Brothers music, like the those guys are the pinnacle of butt rock, aren't oh, they? Oh yeah, well th- that and like just like they're the guys you would run into at a butt rock concert. So Gallows kind of has this belt and he's kind of gyrating it up and down like it's his hog and like yeah, they kind of just I think it's their characters like they're playing into just the big meathead kind of like yeah. frat bro type and. You know, those guys are hilarious, as I mentioned to you. Like, they're legitimately funny dudes. Um, but, yeah, just a ton ton of fun here. Great teamwork all around by both sides. Like, you know, some great double-team moves by the Young Bucks. I feel like both sides did, like, some four-on-one type stuff, some really cool moves. Mm. Um, we get Gallows at one point audibly going, shut up, Marks, which I thought yeah. was pretty good. But, yeah, the Good Brothers, we mentioned it last night. They were just healing it up big time. You know, you had Carl Anderson, I think, Swinging twice. Swinging the belt around, yeah. Doing like the sneak just... attacks, you know, like a guy about to get a tag and Anderson would run around and grab his legs and pull him down so they can't do it. Um, yeah, we had the Johnny Hungy moment, as I called it, where Silver kind of basically did a crazy – like he cannonballed outside and then he went and uppercutted someone and dropped – you know, just so fast in succession. That's yeah. kind of become a trademark of his, too, in these big matches. Um 
well, we get the Nick Jackson with the super kicks and he does the Escalera dive onto everyone outside. Two apron power bombs, so it's just Beef Grayson left in the ring. He gets super kicked by all four guys. Um, and then the magic killer, Meltzer Driver, and he's finally put out of his misery. But, mm-hmm. yeah, this one was uh, pretty wild and just well done match. Yeah, it was yeah. zany. Zany as hell. Mm-hmm. Yep, zany as heck. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, so, you know, kind of ends with the Young Bucks pick up the microphone and they're like, yeah, in this tag team battle royal, uh, you know, next week at Beach Break, if we, we're in it. And if we win, we get to pick our opponents at Revolution. They kind of look over at the Good Brothers because obviously they don't like them. And yeah. the Good Brothers are the Impact Tag Team champs. And, you know, they pretty much hint that, you know, if, if they win the battle royal, I think they're going to pick the Good Brothers. Yeah. So we'll, that should. That would be a fun match. Yeah, we would have AEW World Tag Champs against Impact World Tag Champs. Would be very interesting. But that is not all. No, as, it is uh, not. As Ray Phoenix kind of comes out out of nowhere, and he kind of gets both – he kicks both the Young Bucks out, and then the Good Brothers pounce on him, and then hit watch. Hit watch. Hit watch. Hit watch. Hit it. And uh, I'd say we're at least at, you know, maybe a fuchsia here, a hot pink. A hot pink, yeah. Yeah, it was shot out of a cannon. Yeah, as we see John Moxley, you know, we talked about earlier in the show when we were watching, like, after the construction site promo, we're like, we're probably not going to see him again. Yeah, this is probably going to be a Hit Watch Light episode. Yeah, we thought, sure. and it still, it still was, but yeah. it was still really nice to see him. Um, unfortunately, Callus wasn't around, so we knew it wasn't really going to get above hot pink, but yeah. still nice was, to get the meters churning. Yeah, and it was surprising. You know, yeah. like, like yeah, we did we, not expect it. Correct, yeah. And so what happened, though, uh, he takes out the Good Brothers, and then Kenny comes out with that boot that he shoved into Pentagon's face last week. Mm-hmm. So I like that continuity. But Moxley quickly just kind of kicks him in the gut, hits the paradigm shift in a great sell by Kenny as he just kind of, like, stuck in the air and, like, slowly fell down. Yeah. Um, and then that was pretty much it. I mean, he – Moxley and Phoenix kind of were celebrating together, and they hyped up Beach Break. Uh, but I did catch to the, today when rewatching it, the last line was "Snowpiercer is next." Is how Dynamite ended. So didn't really talk about this much throughout everything we just discussed. But man, this was an awesome episode of Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very uh, like were that episode. What was it? A couple um, couple weeks back that we that was so um, oddly paced. Like yeah. it took us, it took us like 50, 45 minutes to get through like our recap. Yeah. You know, but like this like had the same concentration of matches and promos, but it was just much more brisk. And, uh, and everything was good. I, like other than the Miro bit, like everything was good. Like there were great matches. The promos were good. They advanced storylines. Like, yeah, I mean, I think it was probably the best since winter is coming. And uh, Wow. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, I would definitely put it, you know, in the top 25% of all Dynamites for sure. Um, it was awesome. Just great matches, good storyline stuff, exciting, good, well-paced. Definitely looking forward to beach break next week. Hell yeah. Well, hell yeah, Brother Beaumont. What burnt your ass this week? This absolutely burns my ass. Oh, boy. <laughs> Just going right into it. Oh, well, I, uh, on, uh, what was it? I think it was Tuesday. Yeah, on Tuesday, uh, I went to Subway, uh, to get lunch for myself and, uh, my coworker. And, uh, 
So we order sandwiches and like, you know, we both get like a turkey or ham sandwich on like weed and honey oat. And we like load it up with veggies because we're, you know, adults mm-hmm. and, um, you know, get some sauces and it's pretty typical, like, you know, um, chips and a drink, you know, it takes the typical amount of time that Subway is yeah. usually pretty good. I get the sandwiches. I go back to the office. We go back to the break room, sit down, pull them out. And these sandwiches are literally the worst sandwich the worst item i've ever had out of subway describe it there were no vegetables on either of them like zero toppings you know there was just didn't you see them make did you not see them no no we we went through the drive-thru oh okay i missed i missed that part i didn't even know subway had a drive-thru some of them do some of them don't i'm just zoned out when you said yeah yeah okay no it's all good but uh but yeah so like they like i think i didn't i usually don't get cheese on my sandwich but she did and i think hers had cheese but it was just like that and there was just like mayo and mustard just slathered on it where you Ugh. take a bite of it and a big glop of like Ugh. the hybrid sauce would just drip out onto the table and i personally hate mayonnaise and yellow mustard so oh, that man, is so, just heinous oh man it's toxic god to, to you uh but yeah. like oh for jeez but, but but we took them back um, they were that bad. We went back. Really? Like, yeah, we yeah. took them back. And, That's um, tight. And I was just like, yo, these sandwiches are fucked. These are like, bunk. So real quickly, I don't have a ton here. Um, and just the Miro kick pip Charles situation, like terrible. Just the worst part of the show. Yeah. Give them something else to do and let's get on with it. And then just uh, COVID exposures burns my ass as well. Hell yeah, I'm glad this guy's getting it. Yeah. <laughs> just screaming. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. heard it. <laughs> Crossbows. Well, they have like it's cheap- just straight up. It's just straight up war. Yeah. This is insane. Oh, here we go. Right back to the Go Big Show. (laughs) (laughs) Just got there, yep. Okay, hope you guys enjoyed that look into Snowpiercer. And as you heard earlier on in the show, we are brought to you by Wilford Industries. Um, Yeah, our new sponsor here. Uh, Glad to have them on board. And, uh, yeah, as we uh, snowpiercer, not so bad. Uh, Beaumont, what are you mm. doing? Why are you looking at your phone? Come on, yeah. we're we're in the yeah. middle of a recording. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going. I'm going through. A Come on, old text. Hang on. Rain it back in. Train back on okay. the tracks, all right. brother. All right, all right. Come choo, on choo, now. Choo, 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 choo. Okay. Yeah, Thomas. If you recall. Um, and you know, in kind of going on the theme with appeasing the execs. Um, you know, those wonderful execs at Turner. We wanted to watch a big moment in Turner broadcasting wrestling history. Now, while this wasn't on actual TNT, it was a major WCW event, which was owned by Billionaire Ted, as we'll hear more about here. Uh, but we're headed to Bash at the Beach 1996, Daytona Beach, Florida. A very, very important watershed moment in the history of professional wrestling as a whole, as we see Sting... Macho Man Randy Savage and Lex Luger take on Kevin Kevin Nash, Scott Hall of the Outsiders, and the mysterious third man, Beaumont. Question mark. Which turned out to be 
Hulk Hogan. Yes. Officially yes. and for the first time in his career, turning heel. Yeah, Beaumont, I mean, like I said, a major, major moment in wrestling history. Um, and I've, I've liked, I like that we've been kind of digging into some of those, and I know we want to get into the Montreal screw yeah. job, but uh, what are your thoughts? Let's just go right into it. Just top to bottom, what'd you think? Yeah, I mean, I think this match just kind of seemed to have really all of it. It had, you know, it was, a pl- it was you know, an exciting match with a lot of, um, you know, big moves, like, like big dudes, like power. You know, not mm-hmm. really high-flying, but you have, like, Kevin Nash doing just insane, huge, strong person shit. Chucking people Ch- around. Chucking people. You had Sting, like, you know, taking a beating and then kind of coming back and then Macho Man being kind of flashy. Um, yep. And it was a plot match. You know, it was... Oh, yeah. de- it was de- Maybe yeah. the big one of the biggest plot matches of all time. Yeah, yeah definitely a, a, a massive plot match. The, the, comment- host- the hostile yeah. takeover. Match. Yeah, the, yeah, and, you know, like... Huge heels versus huge faces. Yep. Really digging in and entrenching in those characters. Um, you had the commentary popping off. Tony was funny. Dusty Rhodes uh, yep. is, is always kind of a, a treat. And who's the other guy? The guy Bobby from the, the Brain Heenan. Bobby the Brain Heenan, yeah. With us for Royal Rumble 92. And yeah. speaking of which, put that cigarette out. Oh, we yeah. got Mean Gene starting <laughs> the match in the ring, talking to the outsiders, asking about the third man. And he bookends it as he comes in after the match, after Hogan turns on him to kind of get that exclusive interview. And yeah. you know, that's another reason why I chose this one for this week because, you know, we had an incredible Mean Gene moment from Royal Rumble 92 and just more great, more greatness from yeah, Gino yeah, 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 this well, one. Well, he came out and he was just um, – he's real little compared to, like, Scott Hall and Kevin oh, Nash. Yeah. He's like, I don't have a police protection, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, yeah. Uh, so Lex Luger, uh, I assume his injury was part of the match. Oh, you know, absolutely. To, to like, to like yes. take him out and make it two on two. Absolutely. And, I mean, it that's was the best way po- to write that, you know, yeah, you know, pretty that. poorly done though. Like in terms of the impact of it, like the story of it was good, but just the move it's, you know, it was sting hitting the stinger splash on both yeah. Nash and Luger and like, yeah, Luger got hit, but you know, it looked like you got shot by a cannon the yeah. way he, he reacted. Like, oh, he wasn't yeah. moving. They bring the stretcher out. Mm-hmm. um but yeah, yeah the, i mean that was just kind of the way to even the odds yeah then they had to do that pretty quickly and like they got it out of yeah. the way in the beginning so you could have yeah. you know the moments that it had uh, at exactly. the very end like the real brutal moments the the cheap shot the low blow yep. that kevin nash did on uh macho man after he started riding out when sting yeah. finally he, tags him he back got that in hot tag yeah. yeah sting like leaps oh you're like is macho man gonna get in here i'm like you just wait and sting literally like leaps over seven foot kevin nash to get the tag yeah and uh okay yeah so it was like when he gets the tag it's like uh, tony's like he tags in macho man and he's nuts (laughs) he's nuts oh man but yeah commentary was just great all night like tony he's like i'm never for an injury but i'll make an exception hurt somebody right now oh yeah like like a classic like you know wrestling entertainment man you know kind of like this is pre-attitude era of course and it's like sort of a good mix between those two extremes we've seen in the golden era and sort of what's to come that the bad guys, the angsty dudes kind of win, yep. you know? So it's a, it's a fulcrum. It's a turning point, but also sort of, you know, allows both sort of airs to kind of shine and be celebrated. I think. Good. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. And this was like really a precursor to the attitude era. Cause yeah. I mean, this, like I said, it changed wrestling. It gave WCW that upper hand that they held. I mean, they won the ratings like, 
it's like 90 to 100 weeks in a row. They were yeah. just beating WWE's ass. Sure. Um, you know, it really ultimately led to the Attitude Era because yeah. Vince had to respond to what Billionaire Ted and WCW were doing. Right. Like, they were, they were hot as hell. They were on fire. Uh, but, yeah, the Attitude Era, DX, you know, yeah. Stone Cold, all of that, you yeah. know, they ended up getting the upper hand. But, yeah, this was really what set, you know, the whole change in wrestling in motion was this moment right here. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, I, you know, it definitely seems like, you know, and how, the note that it ends on where nobody really knows what to do, yep. you know. Um, and, like and the, the match just kind of ends, too, you know, yeah. when Hogan comes out. It's a technical disqualification, right? Yeah. yeah. So Team WCW actually won technically. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but but, but not but not like they did not win the story. No, know? they sure did not. <laughs> did not win the plot. No, no not a plot victory. No. No, they sure didn't. Uh, but yeah, you know, Hogan comes out. You know, oh, which side? And I think Heenan's like, which side is he on? Which because like Shivani's all fired up, and yeah. like Heenan's like, and then. He hits that big leg drop, that poopy move, yeah. um, and you know it. And he ripped, you know, he rips the shirt off, and um, I think it was Dusty Rhodes like he sold his soul to the devil. Yeah. And it was Heenan immediately. And this, you know, this line has been famous in wrestling lore. He's like, "Oh, Hogan has betrayed WCW." So like all of this shit. I mean, I've heard all this so many times. Yeah. I haven't seen the match, you know, recently at all. But it's just one of those things you hear a lot. And it was very cool to rewatch. You know, it had been a long time for me, so I really enjoyed that. Yeah, and, and definitely, like, the way he kind of walked out, like, yep. kind of telegraphs that a little bit, I think. Uh, you know, like, if I feel like if he were going to, you know, be a face and help out WCW, he would have ran out. And he know? wouldn't have hesitated. You know, yeah. he kind of stood in the ring and just looked around for yeah. a minute. And, yeah. yeah, no, definitely. But it was perfect. You know, it built the anticipation. Yeah. And, I mean, just the full heel turn of him, you know, cutting the promo right after – you know, fans are just throwing trash everywhere in the ring. We saw it was either a full beer or a full soda just go whizzing by. Oh, yeah. No, tons of them. You know, you see yeah. the splash, you know, going. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like – and, like, I kept – I couldn't help but wonder as I watched that. Like, they let them do that. You know, I wonder oh, yeah. if there were bouncers. Like, running, like there were d definitely not people running around the crowd finding yeah. people who threw stuff. Like, they were and allowing it really that added, to happen. It really added to the moment, too, for it, sure. It, it did. And you would think, like, me and Gene would have been like, stop throwing, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. Put <laughs> that cigarette out. Yeah. I bet but someone yeah. had a cigarette lit up in there, too. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> fired it was up. 1996. You better yeah. believe people were burning nails there. For sure. Uh, but, yeah, me and Gene, it makes me – because, he's like, you know, he was always interviewing Hogan and WWF, yeah. and they were really close, like, real life, mm -hmm. too. So he's like, I've been you with you this whole time, and this makes me sick to my stomach. Yeah, uh, Gene just out there crushing it. Yeah, but uh, um, yeah, just a couple other things to close it out. Uh, you know, he makes Hogan makes the famous line of, "This is the new world order of wrestling, brother." Yeah. But then he fucks it up twice at the yeah. end. He calls it the new world organization, yeah. which I think is such a geek. <laughs> and lastly, I feel like you know we love just Hogan over and over referring to billionaire Ted just. Billionaire Ted, this billionaire Ted, and that's our guy too. Uh, He's a rich, rich in spirit. I have to say, yeah, just yeah. a great guy, righteous, just Holy. a wonderful guy. All righty, well, let's uh, get to the cul-de-sac of Jobber Lane here and round out Mountain <laughs> Dew for uh, for our cans here. Exciting. Give them to us, baby. All right. So number 15, you know, one of our favorites. The person, one person we've been excited about doing this ever since we watched The Phantom Menace. Oh, Before yeah. episode one. Oh, so it's, yeah. it's been months. Um, number 15, Rick Oley. Welcome 
to Coruscant. Yes, we're on Coruscant. We're arriving. The the, the planet is one whole city. I, I have heard that, actually. Uh, I have, yeah. Um, Rick Oley, commander of the Naboo Royal Space Fighter Corps and the leader of Bravo Flight and mm. the Queen's personal pilot. Mm. Um, obviously, um, he's got like three scenes in the movie, and we're going to go into them. Um, he helps the Queen and company escape the Trade Federation invasion blockade. Mm -hmm. And um, as they're escaping, um, their ship gets damaged, that sleek silver ship, where mm -hmm. R2-D2, his first scene chronologically in the trilogy, in first yep. scene in the prequel trilogy, just yep. in terms of films. And um, R2-D2 comes out and fixes the hyperdrive, and then Rick Ole goes, hyperdrive's back. That little droid did it! <laughs> and they blast off, they um, wind up having to go to Tatooine, where he doesn't do anything, but they pick up Anakin Skywalker, where they go to Coruscant, where okay. we have where he welcomes yep, Anakin yep. there. And um, <laughs> he gives him some short lessons in space piloting, which mm -hmm. actually become very important later because both Anakin and Darth Vader fly, you know, ships for True. the Republic and the Empire, yep. respectively. Yep. So, yeah. So, Rick Oley's lessons have, you know, Hell yeah. some seismic effect. Um, Absolutely. And so he flew him back to Naboo, and he's involved in the space battle with the yellow ships above Naboo, where Anakin Skywalker destroys the droid, the droid control ship disabling the droid army on the surface of the planet and thus winning the war and repelling mm. the invasion. Um, so, you know, Rick Oley leads that. Um, during that battle, he suffered an inner ear injury. Ouchie. So, um, which prevented him, or made it difficult, as it said, to leave uh, the Naboo atmosphere. Oh, sure. So, yeah. Um, so, so, so he was there for a while. Um, the next time you see him, he's in Padme's funeral procession with, like, fucking everybody. See you, Bibble. CEO Bibble, uh, yeah. Boss Nass, and Jar Jar. You know, that's yeah. their only scene in um, three. Yeah. But um, so during the Galactic Civil War, and I read this in this Darth Vader comic book that I like to read from time to time. Uh -huh. um, so during the Galactic Civil War, he becomes a member of the Amidalans, whose goal is to kill anyone involved in Padme's death. So sometime after the duel on Cloud City and Empire Strikes Back, Darth Vader goes looking for Luke Skywalker, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and kind of in the midst of that search, he's enacting revenge on those who hid Luke's existence from him, all right, which Luke being him and Padme's son. Um, so the uh, so he winds up going to Naboo on this quest, on this journey. Interesting. And he runs into the Amidalans, and who steps out to lead the Amidalans? Rick? Oh, Rick Oley. Yeah. Wow. And, and Rick Oley himself sentenced Vader's, Vader to death for the murder of Padme and Anakin, and they attack, but obviously they just get worked. When is when is this chrono like is this part of between Empire and Jedi? Empire Strikes okay. Back Return of the Jedi, yeah. And this is in comic books. Yeah, yeah, but this okay. is this is now Disney canon. So this is like the real the real thing. Yeah. Um, and uh interesting. Yeah, a story that's only come out in the past two years. The, like I think twenty twenty was when this story arc started in the comic. So he book. had, you know, Rick Oley, bigger deal than I mean, yeah. certainly I ever thought. Oh, oh yeah, but. he dies protecting Padme's tomb when Vader Wow. Stabs him through his How back honorable. with the red eye. So yeah, Rick Oley. Uh, what a stud. Yeah, definitely has a, you know, he, you know, welcome people to Coruscant. That's all he did. But, you know, <laughs> he, he, he dies a, a quite um, heroic death, seemingly, yeah. uh, in sort of the uh, Star Wars ephemera and all that stuff past the film. So, um, who is welcoming us to Coruscant? Rick Oley. X. Caliber. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> so my reasoning here, and I know we had Tony Schiavone as R2-D2, so there's that, there's that, first no, of all, of those two, those two working together. That little droid did it! Yeah. But I think more than anything, it's just he was a pilot. Yeah. And uh, so Excalibur, you may, I may have told you this, but he was the big commentator at PWG, which is one of the big indies where the Young Bucks and a ton of these guys currently in AEW came up. Yeah. So I kind of use the analogy of like he's steering the ship on commentary because he's really the one out of him, Tony and JR, who knows about all these guys. Because like Tony and JR, their whole careers were in – WWF, WCW. So they know the big guys, yeah, not these indie dudes. They know Chris huh. Jericho. And so, like, Excalibur knows all, of, you know, not all, but the majority of them. Yeah. And just also, like, Rick Oley, you know, he's kind of, you know, he seems pretty, like, likable, and he's more on the baby face side of things, just yeah. like Excalibur. So, yeah, it kind of, it just seemed to fit, you know, and as I was thinking about it, like, there wasn't really a wrestler that kind of stuck out, and yeah, yeah. I, I feel good about it. Uh, I feel great about it. This uh, next one, though, I feel like is going to get interesting, but fun. Get bendy. All right, number 16, the Destroyer Droid, or the Droidica. I uh, did see that as I Googled earlier. Yeah, 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 it's a type of droid used in the Trade Federation of Naboo, and later by the Confederacy of Independent Systems, or Separatists, so it's one of the sort of people in the bad army in the prequels mm -hmm. um manufactured on kala 4 by the colicoids who are an insectoid species but they're not the ones from episode two they're not the bug they're not the geonosians mm -hmm. um yeah those are the battle droids right yeah 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 the, yeah, the, yeah, the battle droids are made we'll by see them. is a it's diapepsy right yeah they're diapepsy yeah. yeah so they curl into a ball and roll they stand on three legs utilizing a shield generator while firing they're made of this thing called bronzium mm. um they are they are effective against the Jedi. They're what I call plot stoppers. Like the Jedi mm -hmm. are fighting all these like shitty battle droids that they're that they defeat easily. And yeah. so the story needs like them to stop doing that and to get captured and to go to the bosses, the boss bad guys like, you know, control room or cockpit. Yep. Cork port. Cork and port, um, yep. and like, you know, they need to stop the action and go here and communicate some information to move the story along and that's when the destroyer droids come in because yep. they can make a whole army full of those those are the like, ones that like roll out and yeah, like they yeah, have the shield pew, 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 they're, they're, they're far superior to the battle droids and oh it, yeah and i don't you know see why they would be much more costly to make than than the battle droids yeah so you know they're just kind of there to to be they're they're, they're they're plot match um artifacts you know they um they they stop the plot and do that they're seen on the trade trade federation ship they're seen in the invasion of the palace and the Gungan battle. They're throughout the prequels. They're, you know, definitely, uh, you know, definitely way better than the battle droids. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, the destroyer droids, again, they, uh, you know, kind of look a little menacing. They have this sort of um, like sort of scorpion or acted kind of like look. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that, that's, you know, it was a very short entry on there. So that's all we got. I'm ready. Who's, our, who's our destroyer droid? John Silver. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm I'm down with this. I am down He's with this. He's short and stocky, and like yes. when he does those moves in the mat, you know, the cannonball, and yeah. then the kick, and then the upper, you know, everything's so fast and just out of control. Like, yeah. I don't know. It just reminded me of a destroyer droid rolling in and just being tough and a badass. And uh, yeah. and destroyer droids because they're plot stoppers, they're consequential. The battle droids are there just to be a big army to get like yeah. wiped. They're not super consequential. They're just things for the good guys to kill 
Well, but, so um, obviously yeah. my battle droid, it's not necessarily going to be Alex Reynolds, but it will be someone from the Dark Order. Yeah, I, that, mean, that, I think it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Silver's my pick, and I'll tell you what, I'm actually hungry too. Yeah, no, I'm getting pretty hungry too. So. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, we're done with Mountain Dew, and uh, who do we got coming up next week, Beaumont? All right, so we have uh, number 17, Queen Amidala. Mm, we're and in number, the Diet Pepsi territory. Yeah, yeah. And, and number 18, Padme. Mm, yeah, excellent. There we so go. we'll get our first uh, couple ladies here mm -hmm. joining the fray next yeah, week. Sure. Uh, uh -huh. cool. Definitely yeah. looking forward to it. Uh -huh. uh, but uh -huh. yeah, um, I think that's pretty much uh, all we got for you guys today. It's been a great... Oh, my, what are you doing? Why are you looking at your phone? What is up? Hey, hey, we're trying to close out the show here, brother. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. What is your deal? Okay. Okay. All right. Uh-oh. So I have, the, I have the book of Turner. They emailed me the book of Turner, man. Who's – what? That – who? You tell me. I don't know. Somebody – What do you mean they interested. emailed it to you? What do you mean it's, they emailed it to you? I threw that in the dumpster. It's a PDF, man. They, they, got, they got a copy. The Bible's on the internet, man. Well, yeah, but who is that? The execs? The suits? I don't know if you'd understand what this is – saying and what this means like you haven't given a chance to read it you've only heard I want to yeah well maybe you should too you should well here let me tell you i'm going to tell you one story so have you ever heard the story of joe or jober not jobber story of jobber jobber story of jobber i mean no in the book of turner yeah so no, of course not I, well i know this story off the top of my head i was up till five in the morning reading this last night of course you were you fucking right. loon okay there once was a wrestler named Jobber who lived in the land of WCW Thunder with his large stable and respectable record. He's a wrestler who is blameless and upright, careful to avoid the temptation of sports with always an eye on entertainment, on drama, on what needs to be done. So one day, Vince approached Ted, saying that no one could be so righteous to Ted to avoid the temptation of Raw. And so Ted bragged events that, hey, this jobber guy, he's so virtuous, you know, he's so loyal to me. And Vince says, wait a minute, you've given him a great career, a great stable, all right? Um, so what happens if you take that away? What happens if you let me go fuck with him and take away everything he has? Will he still be loyal to you? Will he still praise you? And Ted says yes. And he agrees to this bet that Vince makes with him, okay? Are you following me? Because this is pretty good shit, okay? So sure. – um, so Ted agrees to this bet. So Vince goes to Jobber, um, and Jobber begins to lose. First in main event matches, then in openers, then in the popcorn match. Soon his stable disbands, and he starts and he gets a losing record now. But even as this misfortune falls upon him, he praises Ted for the opportunity to step in the ring. So what happens? Vince makes him lose more, man. Soon his matches on Thunder were few until they voided his contract with WCW. But Jobber persevered and praised Ted. And soon Jobber finds himself not wrestling on television. He goes from arenas to convention centers to high school gymnasiums. His losses grew like the tallest weeds while his wins withered in their shadow. And he began to question the meaning of his career. And if he had it in his heart to continue to step into the ring and fight, why he continued to suffer, right? So eventually Great. Jobber was wrestling on the street in dark alleys, in dark basements illegally. 
And Vince goes to Ted and says, see, look at this. Look at this. This wrestler can be beset by misfortune until he is lower than the chair under the ring. And then he will not praise you. So Ted goes to Jobber to see for himself. And when he lays his eyes upon this frail husk of a wrestler, just pinned down by his own misfortune, and Jobber looks and sees Ted's blue eyes. And he kicks out at a one count. And he crawls over to Ted, kneels at his feet, and kisses his feet. And despite all the suffering he endured at the hands of Vince, he says, all glory to Ted. Yeah, great. that's a great story. <laughs> I disagree. Why do you disagree? What's what? It's bullshit. It's not real. What's the point? It's nonsense. You don't get it, do you? I don't want to get it. The point is the point. What? Hang on, hang on. What, dude? We're doing a show here. No, no, we have no, to not. finish no, this shit. This is this is all part of the show. This is this is this is entertainment. What hey. are you talking about? You, you who speak the word of Ted, come with us. Oh my God, the execs, you, you want me to come with you? No. What are you doing? I'd be honored. Yeah, yeah. What in God's name is going on over there? Yeah, we're done. We're done. We're done. Yeah. Dude, where the fuck are you going? What is going on? Let's get back here and finish. Well, what? I guess I got to finish this on my own here. Um, well, I thought this was over. I threw that damn book in the dumpster. Uh, I can't believe this is happening again. I'm sorry for all that. Like, I, again, I, my sincerest apologies. I don't know what the hell Beaumont is doing or up to or why this continues to keep happening. Like, I, it was, you know, all a joke. And I still think it's a joke, but clearly it's not to him. And I'm, I got to get to the bottom of this. But, again, thank you all so much for your support. Um, I thought the trains were back on the tracks. I was mistaken, but uh, I promise I will uh, get that done for you guys uh, next week. So thanks again. Have a good night.